Welcome to Reconciling Grace, a program where church leaders discuss various topics from the Bible. During the discussions, there may or may not always be agreement from every panel member on every point, but there is full agreement on the fact that the way to God the Father is through the reconciling grace of Jesus Christ. Thanks for joining us for Reconciling Grace. We have, as uh, Melody Morris said in the introduction, a podcast where we talk about passages and topics related to the Bible. And joining me today, as is our normal for who joins us, Josh Kugel, who is the pastor of First Baptist Church of Lyman in Gulfport, Mississippi. Don McDonald, who is the pastor of Danforth Reformed Church in Danforth, Illinois. I am Pete Vecchi. I am the associate pastor at Christway Church in Pleasantville, Ohio. And we were talking before we started the mics, uh, turning the mics on, I should say, about what to call this topic today. And so I'm not going to say the title. We're probably going to come up with the title as we keep talking. But it's based on a on an article that we read from Crosswalk.com. And the title of the article was The Truth About Why Men Hate Going to Church. Now, for the record, does either of you guys hate going to church? If it's cold out. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know, Pete. I'm going to just say that I've never had a... I've never not been in church, so it's kind of become just a natural thing that I don't really think about. Yeah. I would like to say I love going to church sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's, it's never always the same. I hope it's never always the same. Otherwise, it gets to be routine. And I don't think that we want it to be routine. I think we want it to be a place where we worship God, where it's a meaningful time, where we um, come to grow closer to God, where we where we um, hear the word. And those of us who are in this podcast, we're oftentimes preaching the word. So, you know, we might view it with a little bit different um, perspective than the person who comes in and sits in the pew rather than the person who comes and preaches to the person who's sitting in the pew. But um, as I was looking at this article, one of the things that um, he was saying is that the research that he did resulted in the in a book coming out called Why Men Hate Going to Church. And he came up with several different uh, ideas about why many men hate going to church. Um, let me ask you this before we get into those ideas. I think we kind of talked about it ahead of time. Don, you said that your church isn't um, male, or it, 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 there aren't a lot of males lacking there. Isn't it a high percentage of males in your church? I, I would say a definite yes that we are, but I think we, um, as a church, we're, the phrase that's in my mind is we're very tuned to family, though, you know, mm -hmm. and that it's understood, you know, that if you're the head of the household as a male, you should show that as you go to church. So I think there's some of that there. Um, I think... <clears throat> How much, how much of that is uh, farm farmland, rural Illinois? I don't know. I really can't answer that question, Josh. I haven't studied it. You yeah. know, and, and, you know, I think in some ways I would say it is traditional, rural, small town. 
but I know all those paradigms are shifting as we talk. So I don't have a clear, yes, this is a objective answer. It's more subjective, but you know, in the case of Danforth, I would say that, you know, her men are her strength when it comes to leadership. We, we do have women deacons and elders that have, matter of fact, our first elders is just starting, but we've been heavy on, you know, male leadership and male taking responsibility, but while supporting, you know, women in ministry. I mean, you know, my daughter preached from the pulpit of, of Danforth while she was at ONU, Olivet University, the Nazarene school to keep Pete happy. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, it's not that we're like, oh no, it's got to be male. It's more, we are very much about all voices, including males in the process, I guess is what, how I would put it. I know that in, in the church where I'm associate, I would say that on a, any given Sunday, it's probably a good mix. Uh, you know, I don't know that, that the men far outweigh the women, except maybe in body mass or something, but um, <laughs> that was supposed to be a joke. I don't think anybody got that, but uh <laughs> Um, but and seriously, I think, that, I think, I think, exactly. that's a, I think it's a, yeah, it's a pretty much even split of men and women. Um, Josh, what do you find in your, in your congregation? Oh, we're definitely female heavy. And, and I don't mean it in the same way that you did, Pete. All right. I got you. <laughs> um, no, and it's all you're for danger, the reason, danger. <laughs> yeah, it's all for the reasons this article talks about. But it's it's more than that, I think. I think we're as a culture just ripping men apart. Um, we spent and you know, for egalitarian, complementarian, however we want to talk about that, we spent years telling men they're not unique and that a female can do everything a male can do. We make movies where now all of the strongest heroes are female. Uh, we shame people for liking football. I mean, I think, and, and you know, people say that's that's exaggerating or whatever, but I, I really think our culture has it out for men. And I don't think church is the only place we're seeing this imbalance. At, at university right now, I think it's 57, 58% female. Um, and everybody says, well, that's not a big deal because men are going to trade school, but the stats don't show that they're going to trade school. They're just being demoralized out of culture. Um, and so they look to, and then they end up looking to people like this Andrew Tate guy or all these other controversial figures, and then they get shamed for doing that. And I think um, right now, and it, and it could be that in the past, the white male or whatever you want to blame, what group anybody wants to blame was responsible for some amount of badness or whatever. But we're just on the war path where I think we're just trying to, I, I don't know. Um, and it's hard right now. And I'm, 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 I, I, sometimes I say, I'm glad I'm not a parent of a young boy. Um, but imagine being a parent of a young girl and looking out all over the culture and seeing the young men so demoralized that they're not leading their families. They're not leading at churches. They're not going to school anymore. And, um, I don't know. It's a, I, and so church, you know, and the old the old saying about church, I think it's a little bit true still. But we we lift up moms at Mother's Day, we rip apart dads at Father's Day. Um, I just think that describes our culture. We we don't have any respect for men anymore and the unique value they bring. Um, and I and it's no wonder I don't think that they're not at church and they're not in school and they're not 
taking part in government and they're not, you know, just cause I don't know. Um, well, it yeah. sounds to me that you're kind of talking a little bit about society in general. Yeah. Um, and, and I understand how society <clears throat> in general does tend to affect the church. Um, and so I think that there's some connection there. I think um, we do the same things in church is what I'm saying. Yeah, um, that's what I was getting at. We we tend to we tend to we tend to follow the society many, many ways. Um, you know, and part of it I think is also that whole, you know, however many years it's been, it's kind of falling out of favor now, but for however many years it was in favor, the consumer driven church where you're trying to get uh you're trying to attract people and all the kind of things that we were getting to attract people ended up being um things that maybe tended to attract women one of the things this article's talking about was <laughs> you know you you have so many activities in church and see if this doesn't sound right it talks about um the the author is saying at the mainline church where he served as an elder most of the ministries revolved around traditionally feminine roles. Again, that's traditionally feminine roles. And I'm talking going back centuries, not just, you know, 20 years, um, such as caring for the sick, caring for children, ladies' teas, ladies' scrapbooking nights. I'll tell you what, how many of us on this um, podcast really want to go have tea together? I don't know that I want to or want to do scrapbooking, but... Then at the same time, I've seen churches try to organize men's activities. And you know what? They want to go camping. Guys, I hate camping. Yeah. I despise camping. You know, I don't want to go camping. Um, they talk about how, how about going fishing or hunting. I'm not a hunter or a fisherman. <laughs> now, let me go to a ball game. I love ball games. But, you know, they don't seem to be the, the but, great fellowship opportunities. But, Pete, isn't that you're you're trying to do an activity that's male-focused, but the whole church is still very female-focused. Um, and it's it's not, you know, we can talk about a tea party and, and going hunting together or something. But if every aspect of the worship service is really kind of, like he talks about in the article, like singing. I think yeah. you're supposed to sing and everything. Um, and, and, and I'm going to hate myself for saying this. I think we moved away from hymns, strong, belt them out hymns with big groups of people yelling and went to this really feminine kind of what they call it. Jesus is my boyfriend music. But it's really I mean, you think about some of the lyrics that we sing in church. Oh, you know, you're so special to me. And, and it's not masculine language. Now, the counter to that would be, well, David talked like that in the Psalms. And okay, I, I get that. But we used to sing a bulwark never failing. You know, I was um, thinking the same too. Yeah. I was thinking the same hymn when you said that. A good Lutheran bar song. Yes. But yeah, yeah, I'm just thinking like amazing, I mean, amazing grace could be with different lyrics, a, a really belt them out bar song or something. And and we've replaced it with these pop. And and I love some of them, and I hate I, again. I hate myself for saying it, but it's not the masculine, tough part of me that loves those songs. Um, and so I I just in a lot of we put we have a flower committee. I mean, does that not tell you anything? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not saying we shouldn't have one, but where's like the the body odor committee or something. I mean, <laughs> and, I, and I'm saying that as a joke, but, yeah, but, literally, 
you know, the, the literally the the entire flower committee's purpose is to make sure the sanctuary has flowers in it. But who are you? You you are not. You are definitely favoring one gender if that's your focus there. Um, and so we we can add something. And I've tried. We had paintball thing at church, and you know that's great. But how does that encourage a dad? to stand up with his 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 daughters and sons and his wife and say, I'm going to be here for my family. Um, you know, and, and the other thing we do in church, we do it all the time. I'm sorry, I'll, I'll stop right after this. Um, <laughs> we say, hey, church, we need strong men. And our first inclination after we say that, but some women have had to be in too in their families. And, and some dads can't be, and we always just make excuses for not to stand it up and say, dad's, we need you here because you need to lead your family. God has uniquely equipped you for being a dad. And we're proud of you when you're here. When you're not here, let us challenge you. You need to be here with your, you know, and we can't say that kind of stuff because we don't want to offend or we don't, I don't know. Sorry. Well, last I've, no, no. Last I've seen, um, it still holds true that when the dad is saved and goes to church that there's a higher percentage that the children will be than if it is if just the mom is saved if only one parent is he, saved he, and, it's if uh if uh if neither parent is saved but the mom converts there's like a 14 percent chance that the family will follow in that conversion if the dad converts not the mom not the kids but the dad there's a 91 percent chance that the family will convert after that. God, okay, so that's has, still accurate. And, and yeah. we can we can say whatever we want to do to neutralize the the, the impact, the the natural God given stuff that God put in a man. But God has given a man something He did not give a woman, and God has given a dad something He did not give anybody else. And that dad has a unique power to lead his family. And we're not encouraging people to lead their families because we're scared that not every situation looks exactly like that. And so we don't want to put so much into this. It's God's design that it works like this. When it doesn't work like this, it, I'm sorry. It's a shame that God's design and work. It didn't work out. Let's try to do everything we can to help it, to equip it and everything like that. But we uh, are flag bearers for God's design. And we're just not in churches. We we don't we we just aren't. I, well, I, I want to go on the record as saying that there are two genders. Yeah, there are two genders. That's that's the way there is. There is male. There is female. This does not mean. And Josh, I'm not trying to step on your toes. And I think I think we're coming from the same place. Not every single man is the most masculine. Not every single woman is the most feminine. That doesn't mean that that there's a, that they're a different gender. You know, not every man has the same gifts as every other man. Not every woman has the same gifts as every other woman. But as a general rule, there are things that are more traditional that women tend to do or tend to like than, than, than dads do. I'll give a perfect example here. I talk to my wife about this all the time because, she, you know, we have seven grandkids. And there is something about being a grandmother that just is so important to her. And mm -hmm. I appreciate that. But I cannot understand it from inside of me. Not, not that I don't love my grandkids, because I do. But it's just like there, there's something about being the, the mom, being the grandmother, that I, as a male, am never going to truly 
comprehend that connection. Now, again, I, I love my kids. I love my grandkids, but there's just a different type of bond there with with my wife and the kids. I don't know if you guys find that kind of thing as well. Yeah. I've been trying to get a word in. Hi. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I, there's so many uh, topics here. Um <laughs> I am in total agreement in terms of, and I'll say it aggressively, that the white male persona is so evolving and changing, and it is really, I think, causing some conflict in the white male of how to relate to a society in today's world. You know, do you do it like you're the captain? Do you do it like you're the servant? How do you do that? And and I think that's why some of the male mystique is under attack because it's it's hard to figure that out. I know raising my boys, we had a lot of conversations about what does it mean, you know, to be a responsible male person um, and how do you lead and how do you do that? And, you know, those are hard conversations in this world and in this time. So I definitely agree on that one. I think also when it comes to church and her activities, I think part of the deal in my mind is let men be men and just give them a place to fellowship and let them figure it out as they go, you know, because each group is differently gifted i've been blessed because you know we haven't done it in a while because of covid we just meet at a coffee shop have coffee <clears throat> back and laugh and see where the lord takes the moment you know and a lot of that says hey you are valued here you are valued to come together i think you know one of the things that i value in my council slash consistory meetings really isn't the administration of the church, but the fellowship of, of the men in particular sitting together at the table and having a chance to laugh and talk about life and what's going on in life without formally doing it, i.e. scrapbooking, i.e. tea drinks, you know, no, just let men be men. And I think we've over-programmed the church to try to put them into a certain spot. <clears throat> you know, because the definition is changing. And that's something I think we've done well at Danforth is let, let them be who they are. Let them, you know, hang out. Let Don't force anything on them. And, and so I think that's part of the reason why, you know, we've been blessed at Danforth to have such strong male leadership. Um, and so I, I don't know, you know, I was sitting back listening to all this and it really boils down to how dynamic the church is to change to let men just be men rather than having these mm -hmm. programs and all this, you know, um, stuff going on. I, you know, I think that's the one thing that, you know, I've tried to do over the years is just trying to let it figure out where it's going. I mean, we were blessed you know, promise keepers was something that really let men be men and promise keepers almost gave a definition of, you know, like Josh is saying, 
that role of, you know, not so much complementarian, you know, it was a complementarian role, but they allowed a little seasoning of egalitarian as they were working with it. You know, so it, I, I find that <clears throat> the reason why men hate going to church in a lot of ways is because we're trying to force them into something they're not rather than letting them be who they are, if that makes sense. Sure. How does this translate into a setting such as a worship service? I mean, because we don't drink tea. We don't do scrapbooking. We don't do, you know, have sit-down meal, coffee. Uh, we don't watch a football game during the church service. I think this is kind of what the article was looking at. You know, when you're talking about you, you get this service once a week, basically, in every church. Some, some churches have more than once a week, but whatever. Um, but if you're talking about trying to get somebody into the church service and have a service that is appealing to men, and I'm not talking, again, consumerism, but I'm talking about a structure of the service. Josh, I think you kind of hit on it with the with the music a little bit. You know, a lot of men just grew up not singing, but yeah. uh, I like... We I like the hymns. Um, I don't dislike other music. I know that we could get off onto another tangent and I can tell you about all why I think a lot of the music is just totally unsingable for the average person in the congregation um, that's done these days. But it's that's high. another story. It's that's high. another story. Yeah. Um, we only have three songs on a Sunday. Uh -huh. I don't know if that's good or bad. Um, it's short. Um. Because there's nothing in scripture that says how many songs sure. you're supposed to sing when you worship. Because, you know, somebody could equally have a good argument yeah. that we should be singing an hour. Well, let, let me give an example. In um, this article, it talks about not just the songs, but it says shorter sermons with object lessons work best. Do we do that? Yeah. His his contention is that he says, if, if I were planting a church, I'd only speak for 10 minutes. Um, and I'd advertise it as the 10-minute sermon church. I, th I think that's garbage, but... I, I hear him. Hey, Josh, don't hold you, back. You don't, I mean, give, give the people what they want is not a, a godly uh, mm -hmm. perspective. And especially when you we belong to a culture where they never hear scripture ever anymore. Um, Ten minutes is not going to change your life once a week. Uh, but... Maybe he's saying we, we have a 10-minute sermon, and then he's also talking about videos and some other. Maybe he's also talking about small groups, and I, I don't know the extent of that. But, um, you know, we know that, that for one, we all have shorter attention spans than we used to have. Um, I do find that you train people to have the attention span they're going to have, though. But um, the object lessons thing, I you know, a lot of people, um, you can tell the difference between a pastor who is trying to tug on your emotional heartstrings and a pastor who is trying to communicate correct, whose first focus is communicating correct theology. Um, and um, I don't, you know, different groups are going to be affected different ways. And I think the emotional one's probably more popular in, in bigger churches. Um, but I know several big churches who the pastor is just, you know, if I get you crying today is not really my point. I want you to learn something um, and I want you to be challenged by something. But um, I do think, I, I, I think men can handle a lot more than we give them credit for. I think they think a lot deeper than we give them credit for. 
Um, I think they want to be challenged a lot more than we think they do. Because we have this picture of men saying, you know, they don't want to come to church because they're always thinking, my wife's nagging me to get to church so that the pastor can nag me. Come on, you know, every man wants to be a good dad. They're just tired of being nagged about it. Um, And they're tired of being told they're bad at it. And why don't we equip them then? Why don't we talk about dads in churches? Why don't we talk about how cool men are and how God made men to be unique and how women cannot be men? And I don't mean that in a transgender thing. I mean, I think that's a, a, a basic statement of the value of men is nobody else can be you. And the basic statement of the value of a dad is nobody else can be you. So let's figure out what God has for you and your, because don't we all know most of us are struggle because we're looking for purpose. And God has built purpose into our DNA, into our structure. You are a guy intended to be at some point, hopefully prayerfully, a dad to raise kids to be the next generation on the planet. How, how? What bigger purpose do you want than that? Well, I don't know. I want to play drums. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with drums either. And I mean, well, yeah. And the other thing we do in our church, and it's. I, it's it's not it's not good or bad. It's just the way it is. I want to serve. Okay, you can you can clean the kitchen, you can cook food, you can um, you know that kind of stuff. And they're all I, I don't know. And and in our church too, most of our our grounds work is paid grounds work. So there's really not even a way to volunteer and and do something masculine and I. Well, at the same time, you know, just just knowing myself, if I were not, you know, in a role of of pastoral leadership, if you wanted to attract me to the church by, you know, doing grounds work, I'd say bye. You know, that's not that's not my cup of tea at all. I just, you know, I I, I can't think of all the different times, you know, people talk about let's go on a work and witness trip. Well, what do they do? Well, we're going to build this building. You don't want me building a building. Don has seen me throughout my years <laughs> trying to put two nails into we, a, we into a you, piece of wood. Pete, you don't Pete, want we, me doing it. We put you on the flower committee then, Pete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want Pete me there. He needed either, a witness, you know? Josh. He needed a witness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's By what I'm saying. Is right. Yeah, but, but, it's but aren't, not there also, aren't, aren't there also ways that men communicate that are different? Yeah, yeah. I think I, so. I keep and so it's it's I, oh go ahead. I keep thinking two words, relationship and relevancy. How if 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 we as men we do crave to have relationships with one another. We're we're built that way from the beginning of time. You know, granted, you're not going to have you're not going to develop a relationship maybe doing grounds all the time, but. You know, some of my best time with men is when we're working around the church. And it's more the kidding that you're doing and the relationship you're building there. And and I was thinking about Josh and the preaching and the teaching that I, I'm there's no way, Josh, I could do a 10 minute sermon. There's just no way. I, I couldn't get close to that. I couldn't. Yeah, I, I mean, you can't even expound on the word in that amount of time. Let me well, let me ask you though, Don, because what he's saying. Now, now, and I don't know if, if you looked at this part very much, is that um, um, we we kind of cling to the old ways or something. It's not really what he's saying, but um, 
he's saying that uh, it's kind of our own pride or whatever that keeps us from from shortening the sermon. Well, and I don't know if it's pride or if more of. I'll go with the word importance. Because I'm with you, Josh. We're we're really not in scripture like we used to be. We're not, you know, we're not that. And I think what I try to do, and I'll say it this way, forgive me for being pragmatic for a moment. When I try to design a sermon, I always try to have a chunk in there that's very hands-on. That's very much picking up on that object lesson or something like that, because I have, you know, people who are very concrete learners. And so I have to have one or two paragraphs, three paragraphs in there as I'm developing the mains. That's very hands on. And I think that's, you know, what men appreciate is that type of deal. So the why I'm not totally saying 10 minutes, I am agreeing that it does have to have something concrete to it. It has to have something that can be applied. And I think that's that's the male saying, I have to conquer it because we are conquerors by nature. This is how I can conquer it. Ooh. And I think my I, when I tune a sermon, I try to keep that in mind um, in that development. Um, so, yeah, I, I you know, when, when I look over the big picture of why men hate going to church, I think part of it is, is the church tuning itself to welcome all, or is it just tuned to one side or the other? Now, I, I'm going to have a time of confession with you all, because I'm old, is we still do the hymns and we do the praise choruses. Yeah. And, you know, I, th I think there is some comfort in familiarity of the hymns as well as pushing the praise choruses. So we're, we, we sort of stayed that old bounced thing when it came to worship. So um, that's all I was thinking about. Well, I don't know that that necessarily the music itself has a whole lot to do with why men hate coming to church. I think that he was using that as an example I, in the article saying that, you know, maybe a lot of men don't like to sing. I mean, let's face it. I don't know if you guys experienced it when you were growing up, but I'm talking about back when I was, you know, in, in elementary school, junior high school, uh, you had choir for the, in, in schools and, you know, you may have had 10% or 20% male, you know, in, in those particular things, it's just it was just known as a a female activity for the most part. Um, but you know, at the same time, was it the same at school too? Though that that's what I say in school. Oh, yeah, 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 that's the way it yeah. was in school. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Now, now we had a, a wonderful mu music teachers group. Um, Don and I went to high school together. I, I I think that they truly encouraged the guys to sing very very well. Um, when we were in high school. Um, in fact, that got me out of my shell a lot. But um, that's neither here nor there. The point that I think we're getting at, though, is the general male man, you know, the not male man, the general man out there uh, who um, is thinking about going to church on Sunday morning, do they wake up and say, oh, good, I want to go to church? Or is it like, oh, man, I got to go to church again? You know, what What do we think and um, where do we where do we go from there and how do we get men excited? In fact, 
Josh, I, I know that at one point you had mentioned something a long time ago, maybe not all that long ago, about hoping that 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 there's excitement in the church about Jesus. How do we how do we get that? How do we get men to get that? Well, I I want to um I, I want to say we we said at the beginning I don't know if church should be routine or something like that. I do believe church should be routine. I think that's the reason it's supposed to happen every seven days because we're in seven day cycles. That's the way we were made. Mm-hmm. God actually you know or created in in a week and spun off those weeks to forever kind of take place. And right. I think every Sunday you're supposed to go to church and it's supposed to become as natural for you as going to work or anything else. And when you skip a Sunday, you'll notice, and and you guys know this too, you can always see when people have skipped two or three Sunday, they got out of the habit and it's hard for them to get back in the habit of coming back to it. So I do think it should be routine. I don't think it should always be exciting. Um, I don't think it always is exciting. Um, I don't think all of my messages are the best ones. Just, you know, one out of 10 is probably, uh, not perfect. Um, that was sarcasm. Yeah. We both have problems with jokes today. Um, I gotcha. I gotcha. But, but, um, boom, there you go. I, I do think for uh, for so many reasons we're supposed to see our participation in a church and i think one of the things we have done is is we've made it to where we should expect like this experience every time we go to church we just don't get those um unless you go to some some churches where you know it's always you know, they're always building up the experience and then something bad happens in your life and you're like well god i don't know where you are because i don't feel you right now like i do all the time at church or whatever um but i think we're supposed to go to church And I think we're supposed to love going to church because um, it's essential and there's no way that we're going to be Christian people without it. Um, And I said what I said, and I know people may push back and say, no, 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 you can be a Christian without going to church. Okay, um, but why would you want to be? And why would you not want to be in the will of God who is very clearly dictated that he wants his people in church or to be part of local churches? You say, well, no, I don't know about that. The entire New Testament was written to local churches. Um, The book of Revelation is written to local churches. And it even says in a couple of those, if your church doesn't change, you just remain faithful. And it doesn't say just leave um, because you have a problem with your church and all this kind of stuff. And so, I, but I do think our involvement in a church should change our lives and it should challenge us to grow. And, but sometimes I still think some of the times we don't grow in church, it's because of us and not the pastor, and it's because of us and not the music, and it's because of us and not all this other stuff. But the culture that right now has taught us to find problems with everything we've ever done, and church is not excluded. So get over it. Get to church Sunday. Um, there's your encouraging message from <laughs> Pastor Josh. Get over <laughs> it. <laughs> I don't know. I keep leaning back in as we're walking this down. My my element is if if you want to get something out of church, I'm with Josh. You got to take responsibility for yourself on that, number one. And as you do that, build relationships with people around you, especially, you know, guys to guys. It's so important to have that one guy you can go hit in the back and say, hey, how's life going? You know, and have that one you can share with. I, I think my favorite time of church I always say the real worship happens around a cup of coffee, not in in the sanctuary, you know, to watch people gather together to have that relationship. So, you know, if you know of someone 
who is struggling, who is, you know, a male man, um, have someone who in the life of the church is, is a very devout Christian who is a male and have them connect in with one another and see where God takes it. Cause it starts with a relationship, you know, and I think that's what worship is. It's an affirmation of the relationship. Yeah. You know, if you don't have, well, I know that if you don't have a relationship, then worship isn't going to be worth anything to you. So that's some of my thinking on it. I know that for me, before I started pastoring, um, some of the best fellowship times I had were on church softball teams. You know, that, that brought about fellowship. It wasn't necessarily a church, but it gave you a common bond, if you want to call that bond, with these guys then when you saw them in church you had something to talk about maybe it wasn't just softball you know but it could have been softball it could have been something else and and it, it kind of gave you this this way to connect um so it's not wrong to have outside activities and i guess what i'm hearing us say is I don't know if we have all the answers except just, hey, go to church. You might not like it all the time, but go to church. And it may not be exciting all the time, but go to church. And maybe as pastors, we could just be aware of things that, hey, you know, maybe maybe males need to have things done differently, generally speaking, than females do. But um, that doesn't mean we have to change everything. Um I don't know that there's one right answer. Have I ever said that before? There's not one right answer universally. I think I say that a lot of times because every situation, um, every congregation is different. Every person is different. As I said, I don't like the, the idea of building stuff or the idea of hunting or fishing. I do like ball games. I, I've always liked baseball. I like golf, you know, things like that, but not everybody does. So um, find things that, that, you have in common with other people, but above all, remember that we have Jesus in common with them. Let's hope we have Jesus in common with them if they're in church. And if they don't know Jesus, well, then guess what? That that gives us our 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 goal right there to help people get to know Jesus. So I think we may have um, gotten to the end of the topic. It's been a different topic today, uh, Reconciling Grace. You know, folks, as you're listening to this, we, we've talked on some things today that, that you might totally disagree with, and that's okay. We'll we'll like to hear from you. You can send us an email. Send it to um, rg at faithandfriendsradio.com. You can also comment on our Facebook page. We have the Facebook page of uh, Reconciling Grace. And um, if you like this podcast, I hope that you'll get people to listen to it. Uh, you know, I just found out the other day, you can just go on to, for instance, TuneIn Radio, and you can say to your Alexa, if you have a TuneIn app, hey, Alexa, play Reconciling Grace Christian Broadcast on TuneIn Radio. And guess what? It brings up our most recent broadcast. I thought that was pretty cool. I didn't know that that was happening out there. So... Um, I guess it's time for us to sign off, but uh, I just want to let you know that we're happy to um, hear from you. Uh, so send us an email, send us a Facebook comment, and I'm going to sign off for Pastor Don McDonald, who is the pastor of Danforth Reformed Church, Danforth, Illinois, for Pastor Josh Kugel, who is the pastor of First Baptist Church of Lyman in Gulfport, Mississippi. 
I'm Pete Vecchi. I'm the Associate Pastor for Christway Community Church in Pleasantville, Ohio. And I want to thank you for joining us for this episode of Reconciling Grace. Lord willing, we'll see you again next time. This has been Reconciling Grace. If you have a comment or a question for our panel, or if you would like to invite one or more of our panelists to share with your church or group, please send an email to rg at faithandfriendsradio.com. And thank you for listening to Reconciling Grace. Reconciling Grace.